if they had known that oh this was their last month of life like what would they have done differently we all know we're gonna die let's say reincarnation was real would you want to come back as a black woman life on earth needs a rebrand like i'm so afraid of not living that i end up not living they would have to lock me in prison revenge over anything i'm the main character i can't die oh my god we taking out main characters now right, it's like I it's think... game of thrones you just literally re-enter different dimensions yeah. every night that's freaking wild oh the calamity oh, 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 oh. Welcome to All the Calamity, a podcast where we discuss all the calamity in the world and how we're surviving the chaos. I'm your co-host, Kirsten, and I'm joined by my two lovely co-hosts, Zoe and Kirst. And we're just glad to be back, you guys, on today. It's been a while, you know, so it feels good to be back, but also bittersweet because it is our last episode of the season. Yeah. So really quick, how are you guys feeling about that? mixed emotions i guess like it's in some ways it's exciting to know that we get to plan an entirely new season and learn from everything that we've experienced in this one but it's also like a little bit sweet because you know it's been an era like I, I think what people don't know is that we've actually been we we started this podcast in 2020 actually yeah. And, and didn't really stopped. follow through. <laughs> and then 2021, we're like, no, but like, we're really doing this. And we did it, though. Like, that's crazy. We actually, we did it. I think I'm really excited to be done with this season, specifically because, I don't know, I feel like when you, I'm one of those people that gets really, really excited for the planning stage of things and has always struggled with the execution part of things. So I feel like, I think we still executed it to some capacity, <laughs> but we didn't execute it the way that we had planned everything. So I'm excited to have learned from this process and to be able to go into season two knowing exactly what we need to fix and it not being a new thing and kind of being like, well, you know, it's yeah. new. So like we have this sort of jolly sort of spirit about it. And then we go into it and we're like, dang, we really didn't think a lot of this stuff through. Yeah. Whereas now we can, we, we know exactly what we need to do. Right. It was definitely fun. And this will be the last thing I say on it. I think obviously the last two episodes and right before then we had kind of fallen off in terms of like the days we were supposed to post but outside of that i'm just proud of us for following through even though we all had so many other things going on like i mean this is this was during covid this was i mean there was, there was just a lot going on and we still made time sometimes waking up at six or doing it really late at night um so yeah i just i feel like we all deserve to pat ourselves on the back for that yeah, patter to segue us into the topic for today um, the title of the episode is So This Is The End. Um, this is the end. And obviously it is the end of this season, but it also is about the topic that we want to discuss today, which is really, I don't know if there's another way to say it. It's death. Oof. Yeah. So any, I don't know what to how to start it off. Um, I, I feel like I didn't really think about that, but if anyone has any anything they want to, begin with yeah I mean I think it's just like such an intense topic and there's just like no easy way to like slide into the topic of, of death um but I I would be interested in hearing like Karis's thoughts because for our uh 
our outline on this episode, uh, it starts off with like one of her thoughts where she asserts that death does not scare her. It's wasting her life that does. So I'm very curious to hear her expand on that. I thought you were about to say death does not scare me, but wasting my time does, which is similar. It's, basically, yeah, it's basically the same, same thing. thing. I know, but I don't know why that seems Your funny life to is me. made up of time. Time is the <laughs> currency of life, my, yeah. my friend. But no, I... I don't know. I, I feel like I've kind of always felt that way as a young child. Like even when I was younger, like they that can attest, they can attest to the fact that I've been kind of coined as a dark child. Not really, but in <laughs> the sense of like you make jokes, things, you yeah, make dark jokes. Yeah, like I enjoy dark humor. I find it funny to some extent, and so things like death have never been. I've never felt like it was this big deal, but I think it's and okay, and for those. I'm not insensitive. I mean legitimately the idea of death in general because we all know it's that's what the end like everyone's going to die. Inevitable. Yeah, I don't mean like loss and like grief and sort of stuff like that. I'm not saying that no, that's a big deal to me, but I'm saying literally the idea of dying doesn't scare me and it's just because I almost feel like it's a comfort in some sense because it is a thing that we do know and I think a scary thing that actually I think we put on the idea of death when it's actually not is that we're afraid that the living part which is all the unknown stuff is not going to live up to anything and then you're going to die so I think even though people say some people are afraid of death in the sense of I don't know what happens after whereas I realize I'm not afraid of dying it's more so I'm afraid of the unknowns of life and it not measuring up to what I would like it to be in any capacity and just sort of wasting it and just like now it's gone because we all know we're going to die. I feel like for me, it's somewhat the opposite. Like I feel like I feared death for as long as I can remember to a point that was probably like unnatural. And I think it took me being like a teenager to find a fondly fondle. It took me like being a teenager to even realize like oh i think like my my awareness of death and my the amount of time i spend thinking about it is not normal like i don't think other people the idea of death even like comes into their mind on a daily basis whereas for me it was something i thought about all the time and i was very like scared of it uh which probably attributed it to like some of my anxiety and i I honestly can't tell you why I've always had such an awareness of death. Like, I I don't know why. But the idea of it just was, like, horrible to me. Like, if I could live forever. And when I say live forever, I don't have to be me. But, like, I don't necessarily believe in reincarnation. But the idea of it actually sounds awesome if you, well, if, if you reincarnate into something, into something you something want. You want. Yeah. But I'm just saying getting to still exist in the human form is very appealing to me. I don't think I'd want to be anything else. <laughs> like the idea of dying and no longer being connected to this human form freaks me out. Random, but on that note, would you it, let's say reincarnation was real and you know, obviously some people do believe it. So, assuming that that was something that could happen, would you want to come back as a black woman? <laughs> I'm just curious. <laughs> I really hadn't thought about it that deeply. What if you could pick the time as well? 
Okay. Here's the thing. I would like to come back as a version of me just in a different time or something. You know what I mean? Like, it's like... Not in the past, probably. (laughs) Dear God. (laughs) I never even... I guess because, like, the dimensions outside of life is outside of time. So if theoretically you if could reincarnation was real like you could just that would suck for you pop back at any point in the timeline i guess so yeah no um yeah but also not way in the future when like most people are androids you don't <laughs> want that you're like or we're fully immersed in the metaverse well that yeah. could be in my lifetime who knows um yeah i don't know it's a it's a That's lot, a lot to think about. <laughs> yeah for me like i i can relate to both in that for me, I would say like Zoe, I have had some anxiety over death, but never, I don't know, Zoe didn't specify this, but I haven't had the anxiety when it comes to me dying necessarily. It's more so, honestly, more specifically my parents. I don't know if I've even thought about other people in my life passing away. I think as I get older, that's starting to happen. And especially with the virus going on, like I'm I'm just becoming more aware of like how short life is, I guess you could say. But when I was younger, I think like Zoe, I did have this irrational kind of, like I was constantly thinking about my parents dying. Like that shouldn't happen. I don't know why. They called me the dark child. Yeah. For me, it was literally everyone, everything. Like that's why I hated having to watch, I'm the oldest in my family, so I would have to watch my siblings when we were playing outside. I hated it because I constantly thought one of them were going to like get hit by a car mm-hmm. or like it, it never crossed constant. my mind like I, yeah, I was constant stress of either. like one of them is gonna die on my watch <laughs> like yeah. for something it, it was irrational though like, I didn't think crazy. about that I did I think the only time when I was younger that I started to think about even one of my siblings like something happening to them this will sound weird well not weird I think maybe for a lot of people this happened I can specifically remember though around the time of like the Trayvon Martin thing uh, that was yeah. the first time I thought about my brother like something happening to him him. um but yeah outside of that i would say really my parents and and part of that may be because i did grow up where i was i mean obviously i was a child and i had the the privilege of being very reliant on them and i think sometimes i would think to myself what would i do if they were not here like i don't know what i would do um and even going into adulthood i've had a lot of those thoughts and obviously just not just what would I do without them in terms of like them helping me or taking care of me, but like just them as a support system, yeah, like emotionally. Yeah. Like that's very heavy to think about. Um, but then also I can relate to Karis in that when it comes to me personally, I haven't thought too much about dying, but I have thought about just like Karis said, it's more scary to me that I am wasting my time. Like the thought, I, I think I have way too much anxiety Um, I need to talk to a therapist about this, honestly, about like every day I feel like I can't slow down because I'm just like, I need to make certain things happen in this amount of time. Like I'm so scared of like not reaching certain milestones in my life. And I feel like that is prohibiting me from living. Like it's sad, but it's like, I'm so afraid of not living that I end up not living that's something i realized for me i had to totally rewire like something i literally say to myself all the time now to like self-soothe is there is time like i realized like almost all of my fears come back to the belief that there is not enough time because it's like if you have enough time almost any problem can be resolved 
So my fear regarding like anything in my life is that I don't have enough time to make that change yeah. happen. I don't have enough time to get in a better place long enough to even enjoy that better mm-hmm. place. It's just like, there's just not enough time. It's like, oh, by the time I reach this milestone, then, you know, you were talking about like our parents. It's oh, like, yeah. Then it's like, oh, too. like what if I have to deal with like the grief of seeing my parents age and like I'm not even able to enjoy my life right. by that point. So it's like I have to hurry up and make this happen. Or it's like, you know, you know, as women, it's like if you want to have children, it's like how many years do I have left before my whole like if I do have children, if my whole life becomes about that. And like it's just like just constantly feeling like there is not enough time. So I have to tell myself when I'm having anxiety, like there is time. Yeah, you're okay. You're safe. There's time. (laughs) And I think. I think also, like for me, when I set out for this new year, I want to actively experience, I don't want to just say good things because that's very vague, but things that I have imagined experiencing that are important to me, that I value, basically, because I think part of the fear is that I'm going to wake up one day and just like Zoe said, when you think of like, if you do decide to have children and then you know, at that point, I won't say your life is given up because that's kind of a dark yeah, way to look no. at, at it. But like, you know, in some respects, your it, life it does. Changes forever. Yeah, it does change. So I think my fear was that, OK, what if I get to that point where, you know, I need to make that decision, but I feel like I haven't experienced my life the way I want it to. And then there's like a lot of bitterness or regret. Um, and I just don't want that to be the case. So I want to actively, instead of just thinking about it, like pursue, like, Hey, what are these things that you want to do? And also not just waiting on, I mean, we've talked about this in previous episodes, but not waiting on like, Hey, I have to be in a relationship before, like the things that I maybe thought I would do when I was in a relationship, like taking certain trips or like, you know, even literally something as simple as dressing up and going out to eat. Like, obviously that's a little different now with COVID, but that aside, I don't think those were things I did very often or on a regular basis as a young adult, like in my twenties. Whereas now I'm like, no, like buy that dress, buy those heels, put on those lashes and go out. Like, I don't want to wait on that anymore because I want to experience that. So yeah, I think that if you start actively doing things and even if it's really starts out really small, like I feel like your anxiety over like there not being enough time will be eased. Yeah. I think one thing I'm I realize is like no one really prepares you for like we hear about like your 20s and like your 20s being the best years of your life and they're I the most confusing. They really are, but also it's like what people don't prepare you for is like when you're in your 20s the age your parents will be and you slowly realize yeah. oh wait they're getting older. Like one of my favorite lines. Well, it depends on the well, Yeah, it's, it's, some it people does. Have really young like some people have really young parents. So it does depend. But even if it's your 30s, like I still feel like no one really talks about that stage in your life where you have that realization. There should yeah. literally be a word for it because it's such a jarring realization. Because when you're young, I feel like you don't just think you're going to live forever. Even if you don't literally think that, there's this feeling that everything is so, so far, far away. Yes, yeah. yes. And then there's this sudden realization, oh, wait, no, it's not. And time starts moving so fast. Um, that goes for your career as well. Goes for everything, yeah. honestly. Um, but I feel like the one person who tried to warn us. Wong Fu Phil. No. Yes, he did. Yeah. But Oh, sorry, that was random. So maybe there's two people who tried to warn us. Taylor Swift. 
She has a song called oh, Never yes. Grow Don't Up. Talk and the about line, that. I cry, I cry every, every time, time I listen to the song. Such a fantastic song. Where she goes, and you're mortified your mom's dropping you off. At 14, there's just so much you can't do. And you cry. can't wait to move out someday and call your own shots. But don't make her drop you off around the block. Remember, <laughs> she's getting older, too. <laughs> no, and there's another. Oh, God. What? <laughs> I know. I just got emotional. If you did Taylor. Up, I know. Taylor, you did that? Taylor just freaking did that. Oh, I God. Think also, though, if you didn't maybe grow up listening to that song, it may not be as like, you're just hearing the words. There's, it's like, okay. Like, there's the no, there's so many moments in this song. About the other your one dad coming home. Yeah. The, remember, memorize what it sounded like when, when your, your dad, dad gets home. Yeah. Remember the footsteps. Remember the words said. And all your little brother's name. Karen freaking listens to casting crowd. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, I didn't think this was going to be an episode we cried at all. Good um, lord. Yeah, no, I, I hate that. It's that song and um, another one. It was about The Best Day. Yes. About her mom because, I don't know, when I, I, that song came out when I was in high school and it just reminded me of my mom. Yeah, and she has another song. I'm not as familiar with her newer work, but I remember listening to it. I can't remember the lyrics, but she wrote because her mom actually was diagnosed with cancer and she has a song where she briefly kind of references that and it's just like looking back on her catalog of <laughs> i don't care what anybody ah, says taylor swift, taylor swift deserves that award for like artists of the generation or whatever i forgot what it was she won yeah but anyway let me collect. why am i about to pull up lyrics for the best day because i think there's one <laughs> lyric that i just it always gets me today. Uh, oh yeah she wrote a song it's called soon you'll get better yeah oh I'm going wallow in Yeah, life. no, it's literally <laughs> so... Um, I don't know. I, I'm reading it. the lyrics to The Best Day, and I don't know if there's one lyric. It's just the whole thing. The like, whole thing, yeah. It's it's literally just I'm gonna talking about being in high school. And I remember um, it's talking about her mom, like, picking her up, and, like... It's always ugly they just, <laughs> Um, I'll just read this whole little part. It says, I'm 13 now and don't know how my friends could be so mean. I come home. Oh God! <laughs> I come home crying, and you hold me tight and grab the keys, and we drive and drive until we found a town far enough away, and we talk and window shop till I've forgotten all their names. <laughs> I, I don't know why I'm crying. I don't know, but um, why are we? <laughs> we're so emo. We really are. Why are we like, so emo? It, look, <laughs> I wish this was. Over. I wish y'all could see what we look like. <laughs> I think it's because, like, let me keep going. It says, I don't know who I'm going to talk to now at school, but I know I'm laughing on the car ride home with you. Um, I don't know how long it's going to take to feel okay, but I know I had the best day with you today. Oh, Um, God. Oh, God. (laughs) And I don't know. When you're just, like, in high school and, like, things are awkward and you're still trying to figure yourself out and, like, make friends and stuff, like, to know that you have someone and your corner is, I don't know. That's not what this episode is about. <laughs> no, I think it's just like, because like, I think whenever I think of that song, it really makes, thinks, makes me think about like our relationship with our mom. Like, Yeah, that's what I was talking about. And it was funny because like I wrote, it's not published anywhere, so I didn't try to find it. I, wor- I wrote a song that was like really similar talking about my car rides with my mom. And like, there's literally a line where I reference like us listening to the Taylor Swift albums in the car, even though I knew she didn't like wasn't oh, the biggest fan. But like, she would just let us have that. And like, I'm not, I can't even, 
I can't form words. <laughs> no, actually, guys, this whole episode is about Taylor Swift, basically. Yeah. Speaking <laughs> of which, I remember, I think the reason this also we resonates. You. <laughs> the reason it also resonates is that I remember I had one of the worst days at school, a really, really bad day. And I remember I came home and I was sitting down like on the floor. My mom was sitting like on the sofa, like right above me. And I was at the foot of the sofa. And so she starts, I don't know why, but she's like rubbing my back um, just because she knew I had a bad day. And then I don't know when I realized that it wasn't her hand. This is so random. This sounds <laughs> this is weird. so funny. But I don't know when I realized it wasn't her hand, but it was, she was rubbing like the CD. <laughs> like not the CD itself, but the CD case. Like, yeah. You know, yeah. She had bought me the new Taylor Swift album and she, like, it was just so sweet because I don't know. Like, that was just really special that day. And, like, I mean, it's not my top love languages gift, but that's one of my love languages. So, I don't know. It was just really sweet that she knew, like, that would cheer me up. Um, And then also another thing, our dad, this is all about Taylor Swift. I remember our dad surprised yeah. us with tickets, too. And I well, was no, there. We, surprised. We, got, we couldn't go there. We were in high school. We couldn't drive. Like, we were too young. So, we needed someone to take us. Yeah. So, we had gotten, our, our high school had given us, like, free tickets for a Taylor Swift concert in Jackson Square because we're from New Orleans. Yeah. And we didn't was think we would be able to go because my, my dad didn't think he would be able to like, get off of work soon enough to pick us up and then bring us there. And we we're like, okay, cool. Even though we were like, we were Taylor Swift fans, guys. So that was a hard deal. And the fact that we were going to be able to go for free. And so we just like, you know, like, let's take the L. And he surprised us and showed up and ended up bringing all three of us. I was not in high school. Like, I was a child. Like, I was a preteen or something. Yeah, but he ended up bringing all of us. And he endured a Taylor Swift concert. So, I feel like there's a little more context to that that makes it even more, like, for me when I think about it. So, two things. Our dad would have, like, these very in-depth arguments arguments with us about, like, why Taylor Swift wasn't, like, good music. And, like, we were, like, so defensive. We were, like, no, you just don't understand. Just say it's not your cup of tea and move on. You don't have to say it's not good music and stuff like that. And he's, like, comparing her to Earth, Wind, and Fire. And we're, like, this is not even, like, the same genre. So we would, like, have these kind of back and forth with our dad about that. So he wasn't, like, a Taylor Swift fan. Clearly. And then, at all. And then um, the second part is, like, at this time, our dad was actually struggling with, like, he had, like, I don't know how, I don't think there's like a medical term for it, but his feet hurt all the time. (laughs) No, like it was specifically related to like his, he didn't have enough arch support in his feet or something. Like he has naturally flat feet. So just over time, like it was like his feet just hurt all the time. And this was a standing standing only concert. concert. And we walked there there. and we had to walk there because it was like in Jackson square. So you had to park pretty far, pretty far away. And so just the fact that like he was willing to like stand through this whole concert for this artist he didn't even like just because he knew how much we like. I remember he actually liked because the Dave Matthews band. Performed yeah, too. he, he liked enjoyed the Dave that. Matthews band, which is funny. Yeah. yeah, the things our parents do for us, man. I don't know how. This, I don't know like, how we got there. Yeah, I really don't. But um, it's really this podcast was a funnel for Taylor Swift. Yeah, this will be all our episodes from now on Taylor Swift propaganda. Loki, I wouldn't even mind. Can we have like a every episode is a Taylor Swift song theme and we just break down why the song I is amazing? I don't know if all of our listeners would appreciate that, but I don't care. I think I know a couple people who would like appreciate it. Hey, if you're not a T Swift fan, then you're not for us. Okay, yeah. I mean, funny. You don't have to like Taylor Swift. Please you exit really don't. stage left. <laughs> no. But no, I think Zoe did actually begin with touching. Oh, this is how we got here. Um, and I shouted out Wong Fu Phil because um, our next bullet point for our topic is death is the least talked about, but most 
inevitable thing in the world. Why is that? Like, why do we not talk about it? Or at least in a specific way. You're about to say, I feel like death is talked about all the time, um, but maybe it's just the people I'm around. But in the way of like preparation in terms of oh, okay. your mental health maybe also. But I think, so Zoe started with saying, Taylor Swift actually did talk about that. And then I had mentioned, um, if you guys aren't familiar, um, there's a YouTube channel called Wong Fu Productions. I think mm-hmm. it's still called Wong Fu Productions. Which, okay, I won't, I go, won't go on a tangent. Well, go yeah, ahead. Yeah. But that was one of the, because we're all in, our, me and Zoe specifically are in film, um, when we were younger, that was one of the YouTube channels like we first got really, really yeah. interested in because um, they put out their own like shorts and like narrative um, scripted series and stuff like that. Yeah. And one of the main um, producers, our creators, I remember he had like a, he was giving a speech at like a college, yeah. like a, um, you, you know, it's not when you, I don't think he was graduating. No, he was the, the uh, commencement speaker. And that was something, that was the first time I heard someone around, well, he's older than me. Like he was probably in his he's late like 20s. He's like in his 30s now. Yeah, now. But then he was probably like later, late mid, 20s, late 20s. Yeah. He was the first person who I had really heard speak on this. He was like, you know, no one is going to tell you that as you're getting older, like in your late 20s and going through your 30s, like that feeling of your parents getting older, like no one talks about that and prepares you enough for it. And I guess with that being said, was there a particular time in any of you all's lives, I guess, or experiences where you realize, oh, like this, that's when it hit you. Like that life is very short. I feel like there were multiple moments of like the realization becoming more and more clear and there being different levels to it. So I think like when I went to my first ever funeral, for most of my life, I'd never been to a funeral. I don't think I went to a funeral until I was like a teenager. And so that was kind of like, oh, like people actually die. Oh my God. Um, and then I think when, because our parents look really young for their age, but for most of my life, they never aged. Yeah. So from the time I was like, I don't know, born until like I was like in my late teens, maybe even college, my parents looked exactly the same. So to me, I just never saw any signs of aging on my parents. They always looked youthful and they, people would always assume they were much younger than they were. So I think when my parents first started like graying or like having Mm -hmm. even just like little aches and pains and like carrying themselves like they were a little older. And now mind you, my parents are very healthy. (laughs) They walk like five miles a day or something. So they're not like these, you know, they're not got their backs bent over or anything like that. <laughs> but like just just the little signs of them not being able to like maybe do all the things they used to be able to do. I think do. when my dad, obviously we, we had gotten older, so there wasn't a much, as much opportunity for it. But I remember the first time I heard him say, well, context, both of my brothers, they played a lot of sports. Yeah. And my dad was always their coaches for the most part, like whether basketball, baseball. You just and left me out of there. But oh, it was yeah. Okay. You as well, Karis. He uh, coached you as well. Volleyball, I think. Was it volleyball? No. What was it? You she did softball ball? and I basketball. I did play volleyball. But that was Ma's thing. It was oh. softball and basketball. Dad coached more. Gotcha. Dad wasn't. Here's the other thing. A lot of those times, Dad actually wasn't the coach. Let's just <laughs> <I> know. <laughs> he, 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 he inserted himself like he into being the coach because he probably knew, he usually knew more than whoever was the coach. But yeah. some of those years where we thought that was a coach, he was not the coach. No, like, he didn't funny. sign up but the coach. But I feel like the coaches would be like, yeah, you please be yeah. my guest. Yeah, you, no, like, like, literally, they would just let him, 
and he just over. would start basically coaching when he was there. He was a but great coach. Yeah, he did. He that. generally did coach the basketball team. So he it always put a tear in my. He was he was so they, good with the children. Uh, yeah, they, they always really so liked him. Yeah. Anyway, um, but I say that to say my dad because he was very athletic. The m- first time I basically saw him say that he couldn't like run around with Kyle and Carney, but like he couldn't keep, keep up. up. Yeah, yeah, he couldn't. Or like, like when we because we used to play. Like me, Kyle, and Karen used to play like a lot of games outside, like yeah. at at the house and like with the neighborhood kids and whatever. And Dad would usually come out and play with us. And then it got to a point and he'd be like, he would like come out for like ten minutes and like he'd have to go back inside. And you're like, oh my god, like he can't do it anymore. And it's just and like, wow. What's interesting is that you know he held on for a pretty long time because our dad wasn't even that young when he started having children like yeah our dad was how old 33 was when yeah he when he started me. having children and then when he had me as he birthed me <laughs> like, <laughs> when i he was 33 when i was born so by the time everyone else came around and they were like of age to like be playing sports and stuff our dad was close to 50 yeah so it wasn't i mean he or late been, 40s probably yeah. yeah it was late 40s yeah so yeah he hung on he hung on for a while, but um, Dad's gonna get you so bad if he hears this. Like he's still, y'all are, you're making him sound like he has one foot in the grave or something. Like he, like we said, they still work. He out. gave it a good effort. Active. I'm just saying he couldn't do as much as he used yeah. to do of the high intensity stuff. Yeah, exactly, yeah. high intensity. But um, yeah, so I would say that was probably one of my moments where I realized. Well, I don't know if I thought about it as a death thing, but I thought about it as a getting older thing for sure. Yeah. And Karis, do you still feel like that hasn't hit you, like, or it's not going to hit you? No, I think I'm aware of it. I just think I process it differently, so I just don't necessarily see it that way fully. Like, again, I'm also younger, so uh, they were older with me growing up. And I'm sure, like, if we were to ask our youngest sister who's only 14, Yeah, how she feels about that. It's like, she's only That's known only. them at say, like the sort of- Our parents have only had two phases. Like they don't age like, it's not like, oh, like we can actively see them aging. It's like they had phase one and phase two. <laughs> like, so for her life, they haven't aged either. Yeah, that's Like true. they've been the same for her. For how old her is whole that? life that she can remember. He's 60. I knew yeah, that. Yeah, I got a 60. So that means- Our mom's like 55. 46 and freaking- what is that 39 mom would have been no mom was like 41 oh wait oh yeah i was adding that wrong (laughs) yeah no no yeah 41 so yeah like they were already i mean that's not old to any capacity but when you're a baby like yeah so by the time you really are like even doing anything like moving around they're like dad's almost 50 and ma's like mid 40s right and then you got all these other siblings um to pick up the slack anyway um <laughs> i'm just being kind of funny subtle shade um, it's not shade i think that just happens in general most people would recognize that but yeah no i i would say like i was just saying like realizing dad was getting older was when it's like oh yeah dad can't come out and play like dad's gonna kill y'all no y'all talking about him like, like this y'all are saying that but at that point dad was like 50 something like most People like other parent, other parents in that neighborhood were not coming out and playing with their children, and they were younger than dad. That's true. Like he was out here running with us. We would play like football and stuff, and he would like play quarterback and different things like that, and moving around. Like that wasn't common for people that age to be doing that with like ten year olds. Like yeah. you know, but I would say that for Ma, I don't know. 
I feel like Maz always felt the same to me. Like even now, like I think I, again though it was the it's the gray the hair. hair. Yeah, yeah. it might hair. be like she, like a look like you could she's a looks older, but even then like my mom Maz still looks pretty young, and it's like her. Ma was never this super, super energetic person. Yeah, that's Whereas true. that's the other thing. Our dad is someone who has a lot of energy and it's like kind of was very go, 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 go. So like you can tell more, but our mom has like a more calmer energy anyway. So it's, so it's like, she's kind of the same. <laughs> like yeah. she's still doing but the same stuff. Also, I think Ma's jeans. So like, let's talk about this because I feel like dad got the like baby face, youthful jeans. Like to this day, like, like face wise dad just has a younger person's face i think that's why to this day people are like surprised at his age because he just has a, a, a youthfulness like a boyishness about him <laughs> ma on the other hand <laughs> like there's like a strength to her like i cannot imagine ma at any age ever looking like feeble or old. because mama because our feeble. grandmother again i don't feel like mama's hardly aged and she's like almost 90. for my whole life yeah, and she still seems so capable. Yeah, like, I mean, she is. She still lives it, on her own, and this basically. Is, this is no offense. It's not. I don't even know why there would be offense taken. But I think it's the big bonedness. Kirsten, dear God, <laughs> no, no Kirsten away. The way I'm she, she literally, the way she let them out. But I don't even see why anyone would be offended. <laughs> just to say that, I can't stand you sometimes. No, it's not a thing to take offense to. It's just the I mean, big bonedness. Okay, it's but scientific. like. But like and you just is. call She's someone a- big boned it like that don't know what big boned it is <laughs> oh my god exactly do they it's not do they set. actually know i know no. it's not but it okay we're cutting all this out no we're not yes we, i'm no. editing it anyway i don't know how most people interpret the word big boned it so maybe that's not the right word to use i just mean that they don't they're not frail looking like they have anyway <laughs> i just they have body like what I don't so know how to healthy. Kind of yeah, they look healthy. So I know we've been talking about our parents, but there are also people who may not have that experience. Either their parents might not be in their lives. They already could have lost their parents. There's just so many different experiences people yeah. have. So outside of just like in terms of our parents, has death been like a hard concept? Like, just as a concept. Oh, yeah. Because I know even for me, like, Zoe talked about, like, the thought of, like, reincarnation and stuff. For me, like, and this is coming from a, I guess, the conventionally Christian um, mindset, which I don't necessarily subscribe to, like, the conventionally Christian way of thinking about heaven or hell. But if you do think about it in that way, and I think when I was younger, maybe I saw it a little bit more that way, that, that idea of, like, I can never wrap my head around like dying. And it's, you know, people will always be like, we'll meet you on the other side. Yeah. I've never, I could never wrap my head around like, so are we all just spirits? And then you see a spirit and it's like, oh, that was my friend or that was my mom or that was my sister. Like, I I was like, the fact that it's not guaranteed that I will be able to recognize you when we go on to the other side Or that you'll me. even know who you are. Yeah. Your sense of like, self, does it still exist in y'all. the same way? That's okay, spoilers if you have not seen the movie Eternals. I have not. So. Do you care? A little bit. Dang it. I know where you were going with that. I think Zoe anyone, knows. Anyone who's seen the movie yeah, kind of knows, knows. Where you're probably going I do not that. think God would do that to us. Lord, please. But. Don't erase my memories. <laughs> yeah, like, that's a pretty, it's kind of a scary concept, like the idea of 
that happening but technically i guess if you're like yo if you think reincarnation is a thing that's basically it too because you're not going to remember what your life was before but but i'm sorry Oh, oh okay. <laughs> I feel like we should. I would like to have a an episode where we go in, more in depth into this specifically. Me and Zoe have had this conversation so many times, but low key, sometimes I'm like, maybe reincarnation is real to some extent in some way, and that explains deja vu. But I'm not gonna really get yeah. into it. But I think about that a lot. Like, what if you are you're tapping into? I think about a different time frame dreams. that you have lived, and it's hitting you all at once, and like. Sometimes I think it's I, a little. Di- I have sometimes my own theory, I think about yeah. that. It's a lot. I don't know if I have a full theory fleshed out, but I've thought about different things in terms of like dreaming and what that world yeah. is. Because you know, obviously, we accept dreaming as just a normal thing, but that's really trippy. It's wild. It's yes, very trippy. It's crazy. So, like, what does it actually mean? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. It's just. A I lot swear, you're on about. a different plane. I sound really like it's like all people like, try to act you know, like we but, understand it, and like it's oh, it's just your brain making. But no, like. What if, like, on a spiritual level, you just literally re-enter different dimensions yeah. every night? That's freaking wild, yeah. and um, where no one's talking. About there's a whole, it. there's a whole book series about it. What <laughs> called the Circle series by uh, Ted Decker? Uh, and in this book, there's this man who, when he falls asleep, he wakes up into a different reality where he lives a different life, and he can go back and forth. And both worlds are very real. And it's just like, what does this mean? Also, nobody cares because ain't nobody going to read this book. But at the end of the series, the, the cool thing about it is you could start at any book in the that series and it should make sense. It. I've been we'll tell them to stop listening. Okay, now. don't listen to this part because I'm going to spoil what happens at the very end. But at the end of this book series, it is a Christian author. Uh, there's sort of in this other world, there's. I guess like a rapture that happens and God's bringing everyone back, you know, to heaven and stuff. And, uh, those who have followed him, blah, 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 blah. And so the main characters, why was that funny? Cause you're like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> like, but the main character's son had basically strayed away and was kind of a villain or something in the book. And so he was like begging God, if he could go back and save him. And so God is like, I'll send you back, but you're not going to remember anything. So you're just going to like hopefully do the right thing this time to make sure that doesn't happen. And then he wakes back up and it's the beginning of the first book. Oh, and that's so, so technically wild. it's just a never, never ending, ending circle, circle of the same thing. That's but yeah. Awesome. Oh, that's why it's the circle. Yeah. Yes. It's the circle wow. series. On the note of heaven or like the afterlife. I think one thing that also does scare me is like, have you ever been like doing something or like, okay, maybe using this as as an example, even if you're like just eating something that's really good and you're like, if they don't have it, I feel like like black people think about this a lot. They're like, like, if they ain't got fried chicken up in that joint. It's like, I know (laughs) like we're supposed to be fully like in some way satisfied and have all the peace, joy, like, you know, that's what I would imagine, yeah. you know, in a heaven realm that you have all that you need. And so you want for nothing. Right. Yeah. But I'm just like, okay, I know, <laughs> but this fried but, chicken, yeah, <laughs> but technically, I would assume you're not supposed to want for something like that. Cause it's technically, technically not like healthy. And there's a lot of stuff yeah. that goes into it. But like, so will I just completely not have that desire, but it's like low key. Like, do I not want to have that desire? It's just so yeah. like, but yeah. you know, like honestly though that concept plays out in just like regular life though because there are things you think you can't go without and then 
you come into a different consciousness and just a different lifestyle yeah, that like, you realize is so much better and it's so much more like fulfilling. Like you don't even want the old things anymore. Yeah, like now that I don't put cheese on my pizza from Blaze, I realize I don't need you cheese on my pizza from Blaze. A week ago, but yeah, okay. no, but no, I was That's like the last time I did it, I was like, this is delicious. Yeah, I'm not I've even craving the cheese that was on it. That it tastes really good if, and, and you don't that, you don't, you don't feel, feel super bad so yeah, then you become like, awful not addicted but you become used to the feeling right. of feeling good you don't want the whole thing because then you associate it with like oh when i eat dairy like i don't feel good so yeah. i don't even want it anymore which again i mean i would assume that's kind of what heaven could feel like like you don't have but i mean obviously i just i don't even know enough you know about how it's like a lot of biblical verses like um where you're treasure is there your heart will, will be, be awesome. also and there's other things like store up your riches in heaven or something store up your treasures y'all heaven, know yeah. y'all know what i'm referencing so that, that general and dust idea and right thieves and yeah i had a thought once because uh, i used to struggle with frequent nightmares honestly i still get nightmares i think more often than i probably should but just, i haven't had a nightmare in so long that's awesome. But it was because I was tormented as a child. God said, let's okay, give yeah. her some rest. <laughs> We're not going to talk about that. But no, so I used time. to have like lots of nightmares. But then I also would just have vivid dreams in general. So even my good dreams would be like really freaking good. Same, yeah. And so I, I had this thought. I'm like, okay, the closest thing we experience to death is dreaming. It's like the most like... It's crazy that we just trust to do it every night and that we're going to wake up again. Like we just... We just easily, we just go to bed. I mean, everyone like doesn't, sometimes it's not easy to get to sleep, but in the sense of like, we just accept that it's a thing that our body does and just trust we're going to wake up in the morning. But it's like, we don't know what happens to us. Or Billie we, Eilish named or your album. Are, yeah, like where it, do we yeah. go when we fall asleep? fall asleep? Like, what is that? So it's like in that same sense of surrender, I feel like that's like the closest thing we mm, have that's a good to word. death. Surrender. And I think that's what scares me. But in that same, th that makes me think it's like, okay, this idea of like maybe why it's so important to, uh, you know, be not conformed to the ways of this world, but be renewed through, be, wait, be renewed through the trend, wait, be transformed through yeah, the renewal of, of your, your mind. mind and all of these things that focus on like your mental space and your heart is because that is what influences your dream state. Like if you've ever like, one thing I realize is like my nightmares, my dreams always have some bearing in like what I've experienced in like life to some extent, even if it's wild and outlandish, I can usually figure out why I had that dream or what it kind of connected to. Not all the time, but a lot of the time. So I'm like, what if when we like die, we go to our own mindscape, like whatever we've like, we've fed ourselves as human creatures it's like that space we create for ourselves in our mind is what we drift off into. Like when we go, I don't know. That like is it's, absolutely horrifying. It's a very un <laughs> uh, conventional way of thinking of it. Well, no, like I, it's not like I've really like, I don't have anything to obviously back this up. It's just a thought. Nobody it's literally really has. Everyone wants to act like that. You don't have anything to back it up. Not like, yeah. on, not on that detailed of a front. Because it's I'm like, saying. I know what to do now to kind of influence my dreams. Like, I know it's like, okay, like if I'm doing this or watching these things, I'm probably going to have a not great dream or I'm not going to rest well. But like, literally, I've, I used to do this as a child. Like, if I wanted to have good dreams, I think of very specific things 
And it would always end up in my dreams. And I'd have like this kind of pleasant, lucid dream experience. That used to be how I could force myself to fall asleep. I would have to fixate on something very specific and then imagine it in my brain. But I had to focus so hard that you would then be doing it. And then I would realize I was dreaming. Like it would always Uh either be, these are really random. So it would either be me running like on a street. And that's a good, that's a positive. No, no, it has nothing to do with positive. If I would fixate on that image of me running and I could see it over and over again, I would just be doing it then and realize I was dreaming. So I'd be asleep. You were probably falling asleep because you were tired of running. Kirsten, I was not physically running. What? Or I would fixate on thinking of a pug. And that sounds, no, 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 that sounds really weird. It's because, yes, I used to have a dream that I would repeat a lot. And there was these, these dogs in it, but I always remembered a pug. And so if I would just think about that pug, I would then not only start dreaming, I would remember that dream and then redream that specific one again. Karis, this is going to sound really dark, but when you're really, 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 really old, like about to enter the other side, I hope someone buys you a pug. Okay. What? I won't be around though for the pug. What does it matter? It'll be like, because the pug will then be there in your real state and then like in your dream state slash it'll continue on with you. That's really weird. But okay. They poison the pug right before (laughs) they get Oh my God. That's not acceptable. That's not. Guys, when I tell you I'm being so like, I'm so sensitive to animal cruelty. Like I'm not being serious at all. But what what were you about to say? Say like when you, you pass, you kind of drift into some version of your own mind space. But then it's like, you're really there. Like, just like in a dream, it's like, it becomes real to you. You know, like sometimes you're in a dream and it's like, whatever you're scared of, whatever you're worried about, even if it's just regular everyday stuff, because I've had regular everyday scary dreams. Like I broke my retainer. It's like, whatever it is, it's like, you're in it. So it's like, what if that becomes your life? And then you just kind of keep doing it until you get it right. You know what I mean? Like, it just is like kind of this endless loop. Like when you go into it, you don't realize, realize you died. Like you you think it's just. Yeah, it's, I yeah. think the craziest thing is that, I mean, obviously there are some people on this earth who claim that they've died already. But like yeah. outside of You mean that, like those who've like been close to death and came back? Or you're talking about like people who think they're re- reincarnated? You know, you've always seen those like, um, those like I new things that come about. on late at night and that person's like, I died and I saw the, the light side and came back. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. But outside of that, what's so crazy to me is that we lit like the fact that no one can tell, no one knows, no one, like no one can yeah. tell you what happened to them after they left. Yeah. Like that's crazy. Even to me. though like there's actually a book, I really want to read it. I can't remember what it's called, but it is all of these collected accounts of people who did technically die. Like they, their heart stopped or something like that. And then, being able to recount that experience and there are like lots of kind of like similarities between what people say so like Have i they put these like people on a lie detector test? that that's also that's what i would like to see yeah because <laughs> i'm just like, like again no they way all they all made it to heaven every <laughs> single one i'm really kidding because again i actually yeah, don't believe, believe in, in hell it. like that so going from all of these theories and talking about like metaphysical concepts bringing it back down to earth, I guess. How do you, how would you guys say that you, you deal with grief or like what have you learned about yourself? Have you learned about yourself? How you deal with grief? Not well. Um, <laughs> I, I feel like each time, like I've experienced it, like 
I don't even know how to like put this into words because it's like I just talked about like how afraid of death I am. But I think also it's like the times in my life where I have experienced loss have been at like really vulnerable times where I wasn't so excited about living. Like I've never been like, like death freaks me out. So I was like, I didn't want to die, but I wasn't in love with living either. And it was just like this weird limbo of just like, I hate it here, but I don't know what's on the other side and I don't like any of this at all. And it's not even I hate it here as in literally earth or living. It's I hate this current situation I've been forced into. Yeah. It's like if every, if, but also global warming. So kind of earth. Is yeah. Well, yeah. But up in the air. if, if things were better or things the way they should be just on a more general basis, living would be great. Oh, yeah. Like I, mean, I think the potential fantastic. to me, the goal is heaven on earth. Yeah, no, I earth, mean, that's what's supposed like, to be. Life on earth needs a rebrand. I'm over like just this current hegemony. Like it just hegemony. Yeah, hegemony. some people say um, hegemony. Hegemony. Some people say hegemony. Oh yeah, but I've not heard either. either. Let me know the correct pronunciation. This I feel like I've only seen it written, so I never really have to say it out. What loud. does it mean? It's, it's like basically the, the power powers that yeah. yeah the current power the structure. Top, yeah, people who make major decisions that affect like how the entire like planet operates. Basically, got you. Okay, government systems, super rich people, the church, people in oil. You know. That kind the of global is. church yeah. Yeah. but um, did you answer yeah. how you deal with grief oh d- not well um i feel like in those times it just sent me into like this in this loop of yeah a tailspin of like questions and not understanding the point of all of this because the grief i've experienced like i've had a couple of like people where it's like they were in their old age and you had the expectation that they would pass but I feel like I've had like three or four like deaths of people that were sudden and unexpected and they died before their time. And that just, I was like, Mm-mm. especially when you be having problems, but you're like, I'm the main character. I can't die. Right. And then you see someone <laughs> yeah, who, that was, they it's were like, the main oh, wait, they life. were the main And it's like, oh my God, we taking out main characters now? Right. Like, no, I think that's no, a good point. It's like, I it's Game of Thrones. Obviously, any type of loss of life, like when you see it on the news and and things like that, it's very sad and it does affect me. But at the same time, it's not you don't you don't feel it so close to you. Like it's like you're looking outside. But then suddenly when that becomes like your anyone in your life, you someone very close to you who was who was, again, the main character in their life, like that can just happen to anyone. But I think for me, I noticed just like Zoe, I think there's been about four different times where, again, it was someone who I knew who lost their life suddenly and definitely before their time. And actually, I would say as much as I would think that it would bring me into a tailspin, obviously, I do feel a lot of feelings. But I will say each time it actually has made me very suddenly motivated to live. Mm-mm. Um, didn't do that for me, unfortunately. Yeah, I, I don't know if I'm if that's. I mean, that could be a good thing or yeah. But I think it. But also kind of not because it plays into my anxiety of like you don't have enough time. Yeah. So it makes me feel like no, you have to do this. You need to like get on this because you don't know how much time you have. 
it does make me feel grateful as well. It's like, okay, you do have time, but then there's also like, I feel like it puts more of uh, a fire under my butt, like to get stuff done. <laughs> and I think it's kind of weird. So because that's what happens when grief enters the picture for me, I don't really grieve because I'm so focused on like just making sure something that my time isn't cut short yeah. um, because I'm so affected by it. Um, yeah. All of the, the people that come to mind that I think of like in some way there has been something that it's like, I knew for instance, they didn't get to do that. And they said yeah. they wanted to do that. And I can't almost not even to almost um, carry on their legacy in some yeah. way. It's like, I have to do what I said I was going to do because yeah. they didn't even get a shot at it. Um, that's just the saddest part to me. Like yeah. people not living out what they, yeah. I don't know, not just what they imagined, but they, what they really felt was whether their purpose or like yeah. just something that was really important to them. I think even like for, for one person in particular that I'm thinking of, like getting a glimpse of what their life was prior to their death. And it, I definitely, it's like, it's not that their life was wasted, but it's like, if they had known that, oh, this was their last month of life, like what would they have done differently? And I always thought for me, if I experienced that kind of tragic loss, that it would kind of sh like wake me up and like light a fire under me. And I think what was so gravely depressing, and we may want to like talk about this in more detail, but we basically lost a friend and a coworker, a former coworker who was our friend. And like we had talked about like work a lot and we hated our jobs. Like it was super depressing, um, very anxiety inducing. And I think for whatever reason, I thought like, not that I imagined something like that happening, but if you'd asked me, I would have thought, you know what, that, that would be my wake up call. I would quit that job. I would live my dream at all costs, no matter what it took. And I think the most soul crushing thing that Life sent me going. into a <laughs> deep, deep, dark place for a long time was that I got up the like next morning and went to the same job. And I was like, you are a weak person who doesn't even have the like the the bravery to say, bleep this. I could die tomorrow. Like I'm not doing this anymore. Like the fact that it's like, oh, I'm such a slave to this that even in my like deepest darkest moment where i should be able to like say this isn't worth it and i should be able to make my own decisions and do what i want i am just like a robot going back to this place again after experiencing this after like seeing how quickly life can be snuffed out like and i think what's sad is like there was a moment for me where in the sadness i felt this strange sense of jealousy and I was like, what is this? Like, it was like just realizing, oh, this person doesn't have any earthly warriors anymore. And I'm still going to the same place, like with all the same stress and worry and sadness. And I'm still here and nothing's changed. And no one cares that my friend just died. Like, that was the wild thing. It's like you're in this customer service role and no one knows, no one cares. They're like, I don't know her what that got to do with me? Like, they're not literally saying that, but that's like, you're not just telling people, oh, I just experienced this, like this loss. So it's just like, I don't know. That was just the hardest part for me was like 
realizing, oh, I'm, I don't, I'm not motivated enough to even change my situation, even though I like see. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like Kara's dog too, but I, I realized one other thing that I wanted to add in terms of how I personally deal with grief. I think this is a healthy way. I do this for everything, but I write a lot. Like mm-hmm. if you look in my journals or like I have tons of poetry that I've written and like, I just put it all there. Like, yeah. and I think that's the most beautiful thing to me about writing. And I know a lot of people feel this way. It's like, it's just a way to empty out poetry. I, I can't remember who said it and they said it way more beautifully than this, but it's a way to speak emotions that have no words that you have no words for, but Mm -hmm. somehow you're explaining it without explaining it. And you're also explaining many things without explaining anything. Like it's just a beautiful way of communicating that is not something you could do in your everyday life. It doesn't have to take on such literal form. Right. And that's how I've, used it as well so i feel like anytime like and it doesn't have to be as grief as you know as actually our when it comes to actually losing someone but anytime i'm feeling like really really down um are confused or honestly even if i'm feeling like euphoric or really happy i always feel like it's good to like put that down yeah like you know just to have it like to ground yourself i feel like it's very grounding yeah for me i mean Luckily, I haven't had to actually deal with much grief in my life. So I don't really know fully how I deal with grief. I would say from the one time I I would actually say that I have grieved at all. I think I just. I'm still functioning, but I think I just retreat a lot into my own brain. So I just I would rather not have to be around people like I remember the day we got news that someone uh, a, a close family friend had passed away like surprisingly like out of the blue I was like I didn't react initially and I was like because it was just like huh like yeah. what <laughs> it feels surreal yeah it was just like uh okay and I had to go to work that day right yeah and so I was like okay I, I guess I can just still go to work and then, like, I sat in it for a while, and I was like, oh, never mind. I don't think I can go to work. <laughs> I, I think I went to work either that day or the next day for a couple hours. And then, like, I did that same thing for, like, three days or whatever, where I was like, yeah, I, I, I don't believe I can work full days of work. Because I was just like, I can't be fully around people and act normal. So I just need to be really short stints. Because, again, like, I was using, I would have to use so much energy to try to appear like I was, like, perfectly okay. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I did that. I remember, like, I went outside a lot. Like, I just went outside and walked around. And I was just, like, I need to. Do you think to- that specifically going outside is was a way of, like, feeling alive yourself? I think to some degree. I think when you realize that, like, I've definitely come to, like, realize this, like, last year but like the sun is really powerful Uh, (laughs) like literally it's it's so healing it is so powerful it's it's like i honestly feel it's like a life source it is and it's like when you can't grow without it when you are feeling really really like down to be in the sun is just literally uplifting like physically what it does to your body so it was just i just i just acknowledged that so i was just like i need to be outside like or at least sit in the like next to the window and let the sun like 
like on me i remember like i played a lot of music stuff like that just things where i didn't have to talk necessarily or explain anything i mean i remember we we talked a lot as a family and you know talked about the person and that was healing and stuff as well but like just to like sit in it and come to terms with it i think and like i remember i thought about like a bunch of like movie lines when people talk about grief dog one i'm not gonna say the quote from freaking um wandavision because it's gonna get me but if you've seen it, you already know. But like other things, and like so talking grief. about how what is grief? If not I said I wasn't gonna say it. Look, that's so deep. It's literally so beautiful. But that and just like I thought of all these other things where people are like, you know, you never stop feeling it. You just come to terms with it, and it's like it's weird. It's really true. Yeah. Like you never stop. You know, like you'll be fine, and then you just randomly think of it, and you're like dang and then like you feel the same way about it yeah. but then you just become more okay with like that's the reality of what it is and so at this point i i don't know how i'll i don't know how i would take someone really really close to me like if like don't, god don't forbid <laughs> yeah no but like anyone really really close or like if i had some sort of relationship with somebody later on and anything happened you know stuff like that I really don't know how I could take it. Like, I, again, like, as I talked about earlier, sort of my opinions on death or how I feel about it. I've always felt very, very strongly about my younger siblings, though. I have a younger brother and a younger sister, and I'm very protective over them, especially when I was, like, still living with them and younger, and we'd go out to public places. And I remember sometimes I would just have these thoughts, like, if anything would ever happen to either of them or if anyone ever did anything to either of them, I can't imagine what I would be like. I would be so full of rage. Like they would have to lock me in prison. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm, I would be that person who'd be like revenge over anything. And I know that's not healthy, but it's just like, I would not be able to deal with that. And I feel the same way. I don't understand how parents who lose children can deal with that. Like stuff like that is like, I, yeah. like, that's just so because hard I, to I me. think why those are even harder is because it's, a life unimagined that now you have to live mm-hmm. like people do actually at some point imagine like that oh yeah like your your parents or your grandparents will go before you like you expect that so yes it's very hard but i don't think parents ever imagine living a life moving forward without their children or without their their spouse or significant other like people don't imagine those realities so it's like it's so jarring it's like wait i'm just expected to like just keep moving forward with this life that i've never even like imagined being possible in the worst possible way especially when you realize like you were saying when people that you know are close to pass away and you're dealing with it nobody else cares and when i say nobody else i'm not talking about people who know you and around you but i'm talking about people outside of your world don't care because they don't know they have no concept of that it's like they're just going on they're in doing their life again like this whole idea of like you're the main character like people are all living in their own little realities as them like you have you realize that like the world just keeps going nothing stops for you nothing zoe reminded me of something when she was saying it's the life unimagined that is so hard to like grapple with and it reminded me of um 
it was I knew it was Brooke Fraser lyrics, but I had to look it up because I was like, I can't remember which song this was. But there was a song where she says, I still I still think of you each time I see the sun. Didn't want a life without you, but here I am. Oh yes. I, it's the ice on our lashes. Yeah. It, I love that song. That that, that song literally not like, just, I I've cried to that not song. just okay. Oh even my more God. the melody. And like I as a music person, that gets me. It's not just the words, it's the way she sings it. Yeah. I'm not gonna bother singing it because my voice is probably gonna crack or something. But it's like it is so beautiful. Please oh, go listen to that. Also, song. even more than that, sorry, because that was the last line of the song. But through each part of the song, so it starts saying, "Well, this isn't the start of the song, but the first section that's like this." It says, "Didn't want a day without you, but somehow I've lived through another one." Mm-hmm. And then another section says, "Didn't want a year without you, but somehow I've lived through another one." And so the final was, "Didn't want a life without you." I'm gonna but cry again. It's just, <laughs> Oh, it's <laughs> like so this whole episode has been a lie it wasn't taylor swift propaganda it's brooke fraser propaganda oh my god by the way i think Listen that's not how you pronounce all her, her albums Wait, fraser? fraser i think it's fraser, fraser. yeah i'm pretty sure it's fraser every time she's, um, brooke fraser she's new she's, she's from new zealand, zealand. Yeah. but I, I was about to say new zealandish but that's not <laughs> what it is that's wait what are they she's a new zealander oh new zealander i was like wait what is it um yeah but um, I I feel like we're but no short. like if you were to say like she's yeah she's New Zealand she's a Kiwi that's uh, what they call yeah, that <laughs> yeah. I hope that's not an offensive term I that's know. all I've ever heard no I don't believe so because when she's I was Kiwi? when I was at camp they were like yeah we're Kiwis and then Australian that's people so are cute. Aussies yeah and they got cute. really mad if you mixed them up mm-hmm, like if yeah. you called a Kiwi an Aussie they'd be like what the Right, like I'm a cut. Like, I am not them. Right. The accents guys, are not the same. I'm glad, though, that we get to end this on a laughing note because I feel like we do unfortunately have to segue into technically our final segment. Although you guys may have noticed that we did not interrupt our regularly scheduled programming yeah. this yeah. this um, episode for either a say it ain't so or a there I said it. We just felt like it kind of would mess with the flow of the episode, so we just wanted to keep it as it was and we technically do not have a get a clue either but um we did just want to again end the season well so if there's anything you guys want to say about this season even about this episode to like sum it up you know you guys can have the floor i mean i think like a great thing to keep in mind like i talked about like my grieving and that like i don't think i've handled death very well when it's happened because there's just always so many questions and so much confusion and it's like oh why but like honestly that quote from wandavision really says it best what is grief if not love persevering like our ability as humans sometimes like i saw this post that was like humans are such cute creatures and it listed all of these little things that humans do as a species and it's like aren't we so cute we that blink. we do this yeah <laughs> or it's like um and use it to communicate somehow it's really but weird. like it mentions something about like how we hold little rituals where because you think about the animal kingdom and i'm sure there are animals that have some sort of ritual for when like a member of their their tribe i don't know what you call <laughs> the them clan? Their, their clan dies. no that's not what we call them but <laughs> they're little uh they're posse um a posse a but possums. like the fact that humans really like honor like lives like is a really cute thing that we do like when you think of it that way and i think like just recognizing that our ability to grieve like sometimes you have to look at all the even some of the like negative emotions like sadness and anger and you know frustration and 
longing, like things that feel not great in the moment and look at like, oh my God, but like I'm in a human form and I get to have all these different feelings. And it's kind of cool. Cause like, imagine just being an orb of like, and not having a human experience and not feeling and not feeling like it's like, it kind of sucks. But when you kind of step outside of yourself and look at it, it's kind of romantic and beautiful that we're able to have these rich, like lush like experiences whether sometimes they feel good or sometimes they feel bad like but it's it's an experience and we're having it you know together yeah together 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 anyway but what i was going to reference as well because you were saying wandavision and that quote it made me think of another quote from interstellar when they're talking about he was saying that there is no thing that transcends uh time and space or like move i forget exactly how they phrase it and it was Anne Hathaway's character in the mm-hmm. movie, but she said, you're wrong. It's love. I love that part. Love transcends time and space. You could have loved someone in the, like you will still have love for them later, even when they're gone. And it's like, no matter how far apart you are, like you still feel that. And it's like that it's almost, it's unscientific. Like it doesn't make any sense. There's no quantifiable way to say that it's real, but it is. And it's yeah. like, and it doesn't abide by these laws that we have in place with physics and all this sort of stuff, but it's just as real. And it's just like, I don't know. That's another beautiful way of sort of seeing it. And I, that movie uh, showcased it well and like how they talked about it, but it's beautiful. Well, guys, this is the end for a little bit, but we do have news in terms of season two that will be dropping. When is it dropping, guys? Summer 2022. Yes, Summer so please, this year. Please, yeah. please look forward to it. Also, we've been toying with an idea <laughs> of a new, <laughs> of a, of a new um, what do you want to call it, addition maybe to All the Calamity, and that would be All the Calamity After Dark. After Dark. We're gonna need you guys to tell us if that sounds like a good idea. Would you tune in? Like, would you wanna hear some after dark thoughts, whatever, <laughs> whatever that means. Whatever that means. We don't um, even fully know yet. But speaking of which, we were, we're gonna have a poll on our Instagram story for that. Let us know if you'd you'd be interested. That and also, guys, we know we dropped the ball. If anyone, you know, cares, we know we dropped the ball when it comes to putting up a leaderboard like we said we would for our Say It Ain't So segments. So we will actually have not quite a leaderboard, but if you guys have kept up with our Say It Ain't So stories throughout this season, we will, um, you can head over to our Instagram page, which is at all the calamity, and we will have a story later this week or this upcoming week with, um, a poll for you guys to vote as to which say it ain't story was the craziest. Um, so if you guys could, you know, do us a favor and vote for that and just, you know, some engagement and tell us what you thought, what you guys thought was outlandish, um, feel free and you can be on the lookout for that. And if you, if you have not kept up, we'll go, yeah, go back and listen to the episodes where we have say it ain't so's so you can vote. Yeah. Um, this has been a great season. I, I think know. I had a lot of fun. It did give me like a way to like talk out my feelings. And there have been things that 
have come up that I wasn't expecting having shared our feelings because I was very <laughs> nervous about it. Cause I don't even honestly with like friends and stuff, some of the things I've said on this during this season, I haven't even said to friends or like really talked about in depth with friends before. Yeah. So it was just really nice. Like being able to, you know, just kind of get it out and have a platform to do that. Yeah. I think this is both the most unfiltered and unscripted I've ever been on any sort of public platform so i feel like i after dark will be right anyway i feel like i always give a lot of thought to the things i post and what i say and like how i present myself and oh my god like there's just no hiding who i am like with this podcast (laughs) any last words karis um it's been really fun i've enjoyed it i'm excited for season two i'm specifically excited for uh all the calamity after dark i feel like was it originally my idea or, or yours I think it was your idea. It would have been your yeah, idea. Okay. I feel like it was mine. Um, I can. I'm the dark child, so oh, I'm, kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm really not that dark. I'm very butterflies and you don't even you butterflies. hate butterflies. I hate butterflies, but I'm just talking about the phrase. I'm actually not that. Either. I'm a pretty rainbows healthy balance. Yeah, rainbows and butterflies unicorns. and unicorns. It's compromise and stuff. that moves us along. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, but um, I don't even know what she said. It doesn't what matter. Song is that? It's compromise that moves. It's us uh, Maroon Five. Um, she will be uh, loved. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Um, but you know, I'm really excited for possibly doing um all the Clemmy After Dark and season two. Uh, I'm excited for what some of our themes and segments might be and if you guys have any maybe we'll make this a story as well if you guys just happen to have any topics that you want us to cover absolutely we'll just leave a blank um text box for you guys to you know maybe put out anything that you guys would want us to talk about for season two yeah yep let us know all right guys well thank you so much for listening and following along with us this season like we really appreciate it more than you know like we can see how many downloads this podcast has and honestly it's more than we probably anticipated for this first season and you know even with our inconsistency like we appreciate everyone who takes the time to listen um but yeah i just want to say remember to follow us on instagram at all the calamity um that way you can stay up to date um for when uh, season two will be coming because it will be coming and just everything that we have planned for the future we're so excited to see where this podcast can go and it's it's just been a really healing season to have these conversations with my sisters ladies it has been a privilege and an honor i bow to you i bow to you and with that we say Bye. Bye.